Hi, I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of October 2021, and we are in the midst of Kyle's Killer October. However, we're going to be taking a break just now uh, to revisit our monthly uh, Tales from the Shelf uh, show format. Uh, essentially what this is is an exercise wherein myself and a guest, uh, in this case uh, my buddy Brad from the Speak podcast, uh, take a look at our respective film collections and uh, just share some war stories. Uh, usually uh, we just uh, pick a singular topic though. Uh, so Brad, uh, would you care to introduce this month's uh, topic to our dear listeners? Oh, I'd love to. Well, so for this one... Uh, we are titling it A Collection of Cuts, and we're specifically looking for films that have different cuts, different uh, alternate versions, whether it be, uh, you know, for uh, censorship or different releases in different countries, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, I think you kind of came up with the idea. It's a good idea. I wasn't sure if I would have enough to, uh, you know, hold my own, but actually after looking through my collection... I did uh, find quite a few. The, the only downside is the Blu-ray.com app doesn't have a way to sort by movies with multiple cuts and multiple versions. So I kind of like had to, I had to go old school. I had to just go through my collection and like think, okay, does that have an alternate cut? Is that no, no, no? Um, and there were a few that stood out automatically, but for some of them, I kind of had to just go through one by one and try and think like, does that have two uh, move, two cuts on that disc? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be honest, that's like one of my favorite things of doing uh, Tales from the Shelf uh, is is just that exercise of pacing back and forth and like putting your thinking cap on and like thinking like, hmm, what do I have that fits that theme? Because it is, it is meant to be a little bit of an exercise. Like how well do I know my own collection? Yeah. Um, See, I cheat. I always just go on the Blu-ray.com app and just sort <laughs> by. Uh, you kids and your newfangled contraptions. <laughs> I mean, you were the person who told me about the, the Blu-ray.com app, which I absolutely should be using. However, instead, I, I continue to update a, a, a grossly organized uh, Google Sheet. <laughs> that, yeah. like, it doesn't even have any conditional formatting or anything. It's just it is a busted, janky piece of shit. But it's I, what I, I started with, and it's what I will continue to use. <laughs> I tell you, though, man, when you finally download it, and you take like a Sunday afternoon and you go through and you scan in the barcode for every film in your collection. That'll just be a great day. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, Brad, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be like on the floor with stacks. Like, like imagine that scene in High Fidelity when John Cusack <laughs> yeah. is reorganizing his records. It'll be that yeah. except with movies. And I'll have my phone out, like scanning all the barcodes and stuff. And then the girlfriend will walk in and just be like, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you need you need some time with that you need some time with that mm -hmm. yeah it, it'll be a it'll be a afternoon or a weekend project or something but, oh yeah mm -hmm. um, but yeah we are here to connect the cuts connect the cuts connect the cuts uh, i can't even remember where that comes from brad maybe you can help that's me out. Uh, i believe the devil inside is what you're referencing yeah, but I don't even think I've seen that. But I, somehow I just know that soundbite. <laughs> I mean, it was in the trailer. I know that. Oh, right that's now. probably where I got it from then. Um, but yeah, we are here to explore a collection of cuts. And uh, I was very glad to hear, Brad, that you, you did find uh, you had a lot of material that, that lent itself to this topic. Because I don't know, man, like over the past several years, I've really discovered that this is 
this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Like it, it's something that my my ears perk up whenever I become aware of alternative versions of of well known films and whatnot. Um, it's it's just something I'm endlessly fascinated in. I think it it's because in recent years I've been doing a lot of video editing on my own, um, and so having lived in that environment, having seen the that like I forget who said it, maybe it was like Tarantino or something, but like it could be said that a film is not a film until it's gone through the editing process, uh, because you really can completely drastically alter. Uh, the nature of a film just by making a few cuts here and there um, and I've I've experienced that I've done that uh, firsthand uh, in in editing films and editing productions and whatnot uh, so it's like a fun exercise for me just like taking a look at what I know and then seeing what a second pass in the editing room can yield um, doesn't always yield good results but it is kind of amazing actually like the difference uh, that that a second pass can make well, let me, uh, you know, I don't want to start this episode off on an argument and a disagreement, but I'm going to I'm going to pull a pull a lateral here in football terms, I think. Um, and uh, I'm going to say that I actually uh, disagree with you. I, I do think different cuts are fascinating, but I actually hate when movies have different cuts. I absolutely hate it because it, you always you buy these Blu-rays and they contain two cuts. And most of the time it's a movie I haven't watched in 10 years or whatever so i don't remember what the hell i watched originally so you google oh what cut do people what's the best cut to watch and it's like well this cut's a little longer so the pacing is a little slower but it does have a few good moments that if you're a fan of the film you should definitely check and it's just like so you watch one cut and you're like all right i watched that and then you 10 years later you're trying to remember what what was the last cut i watched i got two cuts on this disc i don't remember what the hell i watched last time i hate it i honestly hate it (laughs) I, I I understand completely where you're coming from, and I'll just be upfront right now and state that uh, I will not be showing off any copies of the Fast and Furious films uh, during this episode. Um, even though pretty much all of those movies from I think like the fourth one onward have extended cut, loud and proud on the oh, on the front cover art. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I, I hope I didn't ruin your evening just then, Red. Because yeah, all those movies, uh, loud and proud on the cover art, they they do advertise extended cuts for them. Only difference is they they do a very poor job of instructing the viewer as to what the extended uh, entails. Um, you and I were talking before we even started recording that um, extended cut is a is a loaded term <laughs> like that can entail many many things in the case of a lot of comedies it just means we reinserted a bunch of b-roll of our funny people uh, riffing on the set and called it extra footage when in actuality those were like le- like our our less than stellar gags that meant to be that were meant to be cut from the film but we just slipped them in there and hey the runtime's longer so extended um <laughs> In the case of the Fast and Furious movies, I could, I barely know the difference between the cuts. Like I know I've seen them, but it's like I, I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to tell you what the actual difference is between that and the theatrical cut. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not going to be showing those off. But instances like that really piss me off because those are features that are crammed into the disc the day it hits the shelf. Where it's like, so you mean this extended cut is is being made available to me only if I purchase it 
um, and and I wasn't even aware of its existence until I purchased it. It's like that's not a good system, uh, especially since they really fuck you. They really fuck you hard, I think, with that eighth one, which is not a good movie. But if I remember correctly, they relegated the extended cut of it to the uh, to the digital copy of the movie. Ooh, ouch. Which I could not give two shits about, so I, I haven't bothered with it. But as far as I understand, it's not on the disc. It's like you have That is pretty low. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty fucking low, especially yeah. since it's probably one of the services that doesn't even exist anymore or something. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about a collection of cuts, none of which will be Fast and Furious movies, I hope. Um, but uh, Brad, uh, as is customary, I would very much like to throw you under the bus and uh, have you get us started. So uh, what what would be your first pick uh, for this well, evening? Well, yeah, let me start by saying that a lot of the time, uh, you know, I don't take this the wrong way, uh, Trevor, but... I don't do a ton of homework when we record these. I don't when I'm highlighting these films. I don't usually rewatch them in preparation ahead of time. Yeah, no problem. Um, but I will say, <laughs> yeah, I, I did uh, actually watch this film just this past week because I knew we were going to be doing this episode, and I was like, oh, this has multiple cuts. Can't remember anything about either of them or remember much from the film, to be totally honest. So I rewatched it. Rewatched one of the cuts. I don't know if it was the one I'd seen before, because who knows. But I uh, rewatched uh, Dario Argento's Deep Red, which uh, is released through Arrow Video. Now, this movie actually is coming out on 4K uh, in the next week or so, I believe. It's like just around the corner. It's finally coming out on 4K. Um, this one, just the Blu-ray, of course, but uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous set here. Kind of pisses me off that they released it on 4K after releasing this amazing set, and I spent like $35 on it, and it's like, oh, well, I watched it twice before it came out on 4K, but what are you going to do? But um, this movie, it does uh, have at least two cuts. I don't know if there's more, but this uh, set contains two different cuts. Um, we've got, I believe it is just the original version, um, and then also the export version so the export version, I think, was the version that was trimmed down to uh, release to, uh, I'm assuming, American audiences, maybe other territories as well. But it is quite a bit shorter, so I'm sure it you know, trims up the runtime, just gets more to the goods, because uh, us Americans, I mean, we're dumb. We just, we just want to get to the goods. We don't want any of that slow character development. Just get us to the kills. And I gotta say, I, I rewatched uh, or watched the uh, original version on this recent watch. I chose to watch that version partly because it is the one that is presented on disc one. So I, you know, I would think it's like the optimal, what people consider the optimal version. Gotta say, next time I watch this film, I might be watching the export version because I love this movie. But one thing I have to say about it is it has some lulls it drags it's pretty long and honestly watching it i was like damn this movie i maybe i am a dumb american because i'm like if this thing was a little tighter and we got to the kills a little quicker this could be like uh, a five banger as it stands it wasn't quite there for me i still love the movie i love dario argento but um it definitely feels a little overly long so i hopefully when i rewatch this i'll remember to try out the export version See if I like it anymore. Um, 
but as it stands, I I'm guessing I've probably only seen the Italian original version. Yeah, I mean, I I fully understand your frustration with uh, multiple cuts now, where it's like you, it's probably I I would have to assume like a lot of you know film fanatics or or giallo snobs out there probably insist vehemently that that the original cut is 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 the cut like we can't mm. tolerate this international cut horseshit Ooh, kind of yeah, nice booklet. little booklet yeah handsome yeah it's good <laughs> but you know at the end of the day you have to trust your gut when it t- when it comes to your own personal enjoyment of a product so it's like if you can save some time and have a better experience why not just watch the version you personally prefer? It doesn't make you a bad person. It, like, there's a reason why some of those cuts were made. It's it just sometimes a second pass in the editing room can yield benefits. Like, sometimes you actually can make a slightly superior product just by trimming it a little bit or rearranging a few bits here and there. Or even something as simple as just, like, trimming a, a few frames here and there and changing a few sound cues or, like, rearranging the music in particular. That that's a big point for me. Is like sometimes audio cues uh, just need a second pass, where it's like maybe maybe we should save that one for somewhere else or rearrange it or something. But that that's a movie that you've brought up several times. It's definitely very high on my list of a giallo to check. Is that a proper giallo or is it just a argento? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's definitely. I think a lot of people say it's like the giallo essentially to watch. Um, and I can see why, because, you know, it's got all the hallmarks of the genre and the kill scenes are great. And I love the ending and especially the reveal of the killer is amazing because there's this was the second time I'd seen it. And they have a thing where basically and I'll try. This is not, not spoiler. I'll avoid spoiling this, but they basically reveal who the killer is at the start of the movie. But you just don't even notice it. And I, I was kind of like they sh- and they replay that scene at the end of the movie, and the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, I wonder if they just added that in, like they shot the scene again and just added that. And but no, like watching it again, like that was there the whole time, and it's like, wow, how did I not catch that? Like it's it's pretty cool. It's a great reveal. Wow, that that's a sign of very skillful filmmaking if you can pull that particular magic trick off. Because like that, that, now you know to look for it though. You'll you'll get it. You'll now you now you know. <laughs> well, that just means I need to sit on it for a little bit and wait yeah. till I forget that little factoid or something. But it's it's long been on my to do list uh, because you have talked it up in the past, and it's it's one of those subgenres that I I think I would quite enjoy. Uh, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm the guy who recommends those movies to people without having actually seen them. I think I did that to Kyle. Terrible, and you have no idea. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure, I've recommended a few movies. Like, I just talked directly out my ass. Like, oh yeah, the bird with the crystal plumage. That's a, that's a classic. <laughs> it's like, have you seen it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I. At this point, I I I trust you and and your your preferences. So like. If you were to suggest that one is like baby's first Java or something, I might go with that. Um, but like I said, it, it's something I'd like to get around to watching. And maybe I'll just cut straight to the international version now that I know it's a little snappier. Uh, and I am, in fact, a dumb American. So <laughs> it's probably tailor-made yeah. for me and my uh, my go-go schedule. I think it's about 20 minutes shorter. So it's a pretty significant... Uh, I mean, the, the original is like over two hours. It's For a horror film, Like that's that's a 
big length. That, like that's a really big ask. That, that yeah. is a big ask uh, when you're when you're talking about certain types of horror movies. It's like, no, we, we. I mean, if I could snap, this is when you'd say we got to go. But I, <laughs> I can't snap, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> uh, so I suppose the ball is to me. Um, so we were talking about. Uh, I'm just going to blow through. Uh, I'm going to cheat again because it is my show and I'm entitled to break the rules as I see fit. And you are as well, too, Brad. It's not like we have a fucking rule board or something. <laughs> I, could, I should do that when you're talking. Just like hold up a whiteboard and be like, mm. <laughs> like wrap it up, Brad. Yeah. Um, but uh, this uh, all four of these movies uh, feature minor differences so these are technically i guess alternate cuts um but they're there's such minor differences that it's not so, it's not like a front of the box feature it's like one of those things it's like the hardcore people are aware of these things and probably had to do research uh, in order to become aware that these details were in fact included on these discs uh that would be me who had to do the fucking detective work to even know that what i was buying and why i was paying a premium for it um, but like I said, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. But um, so, yeah, these are movies that uh, I wouldn't call them full blown extended cuts or directors. They're certainly not director's cuts, but I wouldn't call them full blown extended cuts. They're more just like victims of censorship. Um, but there exist in some form, in some cases, uh, more complete versions of them. Uh, so I'll just uh, run through these through these pretty quick because I realize I'm tackling four at a time here. But I have. Uh, Fist of the North Star, the movie. Uh, this is a discotheque media disc, um, and this actually, I'm I'm starting off with a kind of a bullshit one, honestly, uh, because Fist of the North Star is a is an '80s manga and anime that's very near and dear to my heart and my brother's as well. Uh, he took it upon himself to watch the whole TV show at some point, like all hundred plus episodes or whatever. But the movie is a condensed version of a certain chunk of of the story but basically they just made a 90 minute very well animated version of something that from week to week was being broadcast on a weekly television show in shit quality animation and they're like hmm what if we took like a hundred volumes of comics and condensed it into 90 minutes of movie but just made sure the animation was really good so the story's borderline incoherent but at least the animation's cool so you know the fan the fans will will get it everybody else will be like i have no fucking clue what's going on or why that <laughs> yeah, guy hates luck. that guy or whatever anyway uh this disc uh doesn't feature an extended cut but the reason i wanted to point this out is that this movie as far as i understand doesn't exist in its complete form um it was screened in theaters in i think 1986 um in, both in Japan and abroad. Um, and as it currently exists, both on this Blu-ray, on DVD, on VHS, no matter where you find it, uh, there's this weird digital mosaic effect overlaid onto many instance of, instances of brutal violence in the movie, of which there is a lot. <laughs> this, is, this is the series, Brad, where people uh, touch each other and they explode. It is the martial oh. art of pressure points wherein you poke people, you tell them you're already dead, and then they explode. <laughs> so people people explode and are torn asunder by people's bare hands repeatedly, like every five minutes. They go by the 
like the slasher movie clock um, on yeah. this movie where it's like in 10 minutes, man, there's got to be tits or blood. Like, you got to give me one or both. <laughs> like Love it. Every 10 minutes. <laughs> but um, the problem with this movie is that, like I said, there, somebody, uh, maybe there were like parents groups involved or something. I know there was a little bit of like backlash, um, like a public response because it was so intensely gory. Um, somebody went back and re-edited the thing and put this digital mosaic pattern over all a lot of the gore, not all of it, um, such that this movie is in gorgeous 1080p on the Blu-ray disc. But even even to this day, those those sequences, those few seconds of footage at a time, look like absolute dog shit. They look mm. like 240p with Eesh. with a mosaic pattern on them. It is it's jarring to say the least. Um, and no. not only that, the the ending uh, is different. Um, I forget which version is on this disc, but there are two different endings to the movie. Um, originally, the final battle is, I think, stopped by a little girl, and it ends it ends before both of the the hero and the villain kill each other, and she she intercedes and it stops. But as it currently exists, for whatever reason, they felt the need to go back and change the ending, like reanimate it, so that the hero loses the fight and is about to be killed. And then and then the girl shows up. It's like, I guess it was really important for the villain to look tough. Yeah, I I don't know where that came from, but apparently we needed to redraw the fucking ending. So I'm sure those animators were like, <laughs> like thanks, I already got carpal tunnel in both my wrists, but now you want me to redraw the fucking ending? <laughs> okay, Man. you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. It was probably on a Friday at like four o'clock too. They told him about it. Like, oh yeah, he probably had like his. He was probably like packing up, like getting ready to go. He was probably getting ready to take one of those like twenty minute shits where it's just like it's almost the end of the day. It's like I'll, yeah. just, I'll just camp out in the in the toilet stall. Nobody will notice. And then they're like, <laughs> oh hey, Joji, could you come back here and like, yeah, could you redraw the ending like today? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah that's rough that's rough anyway i thought that was very interesting because i have searched high and low Um, in fact when this blu-ray disc was first advertised like when i first caught word that it was coming out, i own this on bootleg dvd even the bootleg Mm -hmm. is censored (laughs) even the bootleg brad (laughs) where there are no rules where it was produced in the thunderdome (laughs) but yeah even even this blu-ray disc is still censored and to this day i continue to search for a uncensored cut of the movie just 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 to see it (laughs) like just just to see it animated like animated beautifully from front to end like front to back because it like the transfer on this disc is actually really awesome but just from time to time it just looks like absolute dog shit like whenever it gets good it looks like shit (laughs) it's so bizarre Um, do you think there's any hope that uh that version could be released or you think it's pretty much like no chance uh the world of licensing and stuff is tricky to begin with but in this case uh my research has pointed me towards it's it may be lost like Mm -hmm. like after that initial theatrical run i think the i think like the negative of the movie was altered or something um so it, it may just no longer exist um so it's a it's a maybe i mean for fuck's sake we're i think they just started advertising a new uh super mario brothers blu-ray disc coming out very soon um i i think they they like used that uh super mother mario brothers uh movie website like there's there's some obsessive fans out there brad they have a website dedicated to restoring like an extended cut of the movie wow yeah 
Yeah, I, I in my research for that episode of catching up on cinema, I discovered that website. And it's an incredible resource. Like there, there's some <laughs> like you want to talk about fanatics. Those people, wow. Like you should check it out, Brad. Just just for funsies. Like even if you don't give two shits about the movie, I mean, how could you? But point is, I think they referenced that website in order to obtain uh, some of the quote lost footage for that production and to add it to the disc. Uh, so maybe there's hope. Um, if there's if there's super fans out there doing that for super fucking Mario, I would imagine yeah. Fist, Fist of the North Star maybe has somebody out there too. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, if the internet's taught me anything, it's that there's enough people on this world that there'll be a small group of people that will get off on anything. So, <laughs> you name it, there's going to be a small group of people that they'll get off on it, and true, including true uh, word, Super Mario Brothers True words movie. could not have been spoken, Brad. <laughs> yeah, it's like no matter what you're talking about, somebody's jerking it to it. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, I have. Uh, the Punisher, uh, the Australian Punisher, featuring mm. Dolph Lundgren from 1989. Uh, this is, of course, a very, very, very Australian film. A lot of people covering their accents in this one. It's kind of hilarious. Um, I I kind of like this movie. It's not amazing or anything, but I, I caught it on like late night cable or something when I was a kid, and I've always had a soft spot for it. Um, but what I was not aware of is that this uh, Umbrella Entertainment disc, um, an Australian disc publisher, uh, Put, has put out like as far as i know the only uh fully uncut version of the movie um again the the image quality uh differs whenever whenever we're cutting to the the non-theatrical footage um but basically it's just a, a handful of instances of additional bloodletting um <laughs> nothing amazing like it doesn't extend the story or anything it's just a slightly more violent cut of the movie that as far as mm-hmm. i know only exists on this disc um it's a movie I've seen multiple times. I own the DVD, uh, but I only recently, like within the past five years, became aware of that that thing's existence. So I grabbed it and I watched it, and I was like, again, it looks like total fucking dog shit whenever the good stuff is happening, yeah. but it's kind of interesting that it exists and somebody mm-hmm. bothered to recut it together because that took time, that took effort. Even if the footage looks like shit, somebody still had to go back and like match the timing of all the sound effects and like make sure that it doesn't break the fucking movie or anything. And so that, I thought that was interesting. Um, Sometimes I actually like when a different cut comes out and uh, like the, you know, added in segments are standard definition because, uh, you know, it's kind of nice because you can be like watching it and be like, okay, I know that this is from the, uh, you know, this was cut originally. Although if there's enough of it, it can be a little annoying and distracting when it's going like back and forth, like you know, within the same scene. That is a little much. Um, but it's you know, I kind of sometimes like the idea, just in theory. Yeah, when I'm when I'm really putting something under a magnifying glass, and I really really care to know like if what I'm watching is unique content to that particular cut, that does come in handy. It makes it it makes it obvious it lets you know this is where this cut differs from the one you're most familiar with um so th- that is like comforting in some circumstances but like you said if it's jumping back and forth it's like the equivalent of uh listening to like like again like going back into the editing room like if you're listening to uh footage that you're cutting together and the audio levels haven't been adjusted from clip to clip and it goes uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, every time the camera cuts or something it, it's it's the equivalent of that but with your eyeballs 
Um, similar to that, though, Brad, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, very briefly, I'll just point out also an Aero Disc, Robocop, um, mm. for the longest fucking time. Uh, the mainstream version of this movie that was widely available and mostly known to audiences worldwide uh, was the R-rated version. Um, but these days, on this Aero Disc and on some DVDs out there, like I think the Criterion DVD, um, but not every DVD... Um, they started adding the quote like non-rated or, or x-rated uh, clips from the movie um, and all it is is a handful of instances of violence uh, additional shots of ed 209 shooting mr kenny in the beginning um, after he falls onto the model city he continues to shoot him um, and then when uh, Murphy is being murdered by Clarence Boddicker and the gang, uh, there, there, there's actually an animatronic head, like a bust that they used uh, to do like a 360 shot to show his head being blown out in one, in one take. Uh, the, in the theatrical cut, that, that animatronic is really not apparent because we don't get the front side of it. We just have the head blow out. Mm, okay. um, and then when Robocop uh, stabs his data jack into Clarence Boddicker's neck, uh, there's just a few more seconds of footage of him bleeding and stuff. It's a little bit more gory. Um, but even to this day, even on the Arrow disc, as far as I know, all of those instances of extra violence, while they're they're now considered like a part of the mainstream cut of the movie, the quality differs. Uh, so it is it's a weird sore spot on something that's like it it's almost like what maybe it would have been better to just leave it alone so the 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 consistency of the the image quality is there. Because it's it like it's like it. it's like three shots. Like it's really not a whole lot, hmm. but it, yeah. it's it's just if you squint at it, it's just like oh that didn't look quite as good. Something's weird there. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say I was like yeah that would be because you're watching RoboCop with just somebody who you know is just like an average person doesn't really care much about Blu-rays and you know alternate cuts. You know they don't care about that and they'll they'd be watching it and they'd be like. Oh, that's odd. Why did the quality change there? Uh, and then you'd have to explain the different cuts. But then I was thinking about it as like the average person is so terrible with like picture quality they they wouldn't even notice probably. Like they'd just be like, oh, you know, it's, th- th- these are the people that still buy DVDs. Like, like get rid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're still uh, raiding their the local uh, Walmart bargain bin for copies of Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance on DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But why would I buy it on Blu-ray or 4K? It looks fine on DVD. It looks just Ugh. fine on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing though that I actually got to see that transition, where I actually got to see the most common version of the movie change in real time. Because in my day, when I was buying RoboCop on DVD. I had to hunt down the the super duper special version of it with the RoboCop shaped box <laughs> in order to get those precious few seconds of additional violence because most versions of the movie that existed in, in physical form or anywhere were not that. But these days it's widely available. So it's like you kids don't even know how spoiled y'all are. <laughs> it's like, in my day, Murphy got shot right quick. <laughs> like, for you, you get to see him walk around and have it be extra horrible. <laughs> um, real quick, I'll also say that I have a German DVD. Uh, this company is... Is it DD? Digi Dream Studios. Ugh. They sound reliable. <laughs> anyway, this is this is a German Blu-ray of The Giver, which, of course... Uh, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. 
So the American cover art for this movie features a Mark Hamill's face here. Mark Hamill doesn't play the Giver in this movie, Brad. Oh, okay. <laughs> but for advertising purposes, they put him inside of the helmet. Oh, um, yeah. Anyway, this movie's based on a manga uh, that uh, was one of the first manga I ever read. Uh, my cousin subjected me to it. It is incredibly violent and not for kids. Didn't matter. My cousin didn't give a shit. <laughs> um, but um, this movie features some incredible makeup effects um, from uh, Screaming Mad George. I'm sure you're familiar with his work. Um, but it's weird because I saw on television when I was very young the uncut version of this movie. And then thereafter, I could never find it again. Like, I remember watching it on VHS, like, at a friend's house. And I was like, hang on. There's some more cool violence that's supposed to happen there. What the fuck happened to that? Like, he's <laughs> supposed to take the guy's arm off there. Like, what? There's His arms are still on him. <laughs> um, and apparently it was a, it was a, like, a last-minute censorship thing or something such that there exist two different cuts of the movie. It's, it's the difference of just a couple of seconds of violence. Um, but for me, I was like, if I'm going to own this movie, I'm going to own the version that has the monster getting its arm ripped off. God of damn course. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hunted down the German Blu-ray because apparently that's the only Blu-ray of the movie that exists uh, completely uncut. Not that it's a good movie to begin with, but like I said, I'm a fan of the manga. And, uh, you know, the, the gooey makeup effects and the monsters and stuff actually are very impressive, even if the movie itself is kind of a stinker, to be totally honest. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never heard of that one, actually, I don't think. Uh, you might want to check it out. Uh, like I said, it's not good by traditional standards. It's a little cringy, to be honest. Like some of the dialogue in particular, some of the humor in particular is real bad. But um, it has a fun cast. Jeffrey Combs is in there, um, oh, as okay. is the other doctor from uh, Re- Reanimator. So it's a, like a oh. reunion of the makeup effects team and those those actors. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. And Mark Hamill's yeah. there, so you get that as well. And uh, Michael Berryman from uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has a fun role in there too. So it's it's fun if you're into like the horror stuff and like the the goopy monster makeup and stuff. But in terms of the tone and the like the humor and stuff, it's pretty fucking cringy. Um, the sequel though, actually legitimately has some really awesome martial arts and and mm. I, I've told you before, maybe even on the show, Brad, one of the finest instances of overkill in cinema history. Which is it? It's that it's the Ralph. No, it's not Ralph Wiggum, but it's it's the Ralph voice from The Simpsons. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. <laughs> like he has to kill him five times before he hits the floor, and it, it's mm-hmm. it's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Now, does that uh, version? Uh, I know you said there's a reanimator reunion. Uh, is, is Barbara Crampton in the film at all? No, no Barbara Crampton. No, 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 like no talent from barbara crampton uh, no sale no sale <laughs> <laughs> yeah she is a selling point actually uh, i've been getting a lot of advertisements from uh her and uh larry fessenden's instagrams they have that vampire movie that came out not too long ago yeah yeah it looked kind of fun yeah is that a is that a shutter film it seems like it would be i don't know where it was released but i follow both of them on the instagram and uh yeah it, it actually looks kind of neat some of the behind the scenes photos of it looked like they had a, a lot of fun making it and you know yeah. they, they're both pretty talented individuals so it might be worth a look mm-hmm. um anyway that's that's enough out of me uh brad uh the ball is to you sir what you got well, you know, uh, didn't want to do it. I, I wasn't planning on doing this, but oh, no. <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, you've never teed somebody up 
as perfectly as you just did because uh, a movie featuring multiple cuts that we just literally referenced is Reanimator, which I own the Arrow uh, Blu-ray of, the limited edition box set. This was a... I don't even know if I should get into the whole story of this. Please, but, uh, please. I don't, I don't know the story, so I, I, well, I'm Well, let's curious. just say that, you know, you go on Blu-ray.com, you go in the forums, and uh, this was coming out, and someone posts like, hey, Amazon has the, this limited edition set with the booklet, Blu-ray, everything. They were like, fourteen ninety nine right now. fourteen, And everyone's like, oh, go, go, go. And so everybody went and bought it or pre-ordered it or whatever it was at that price, me included. And uh, I remember it came out. The movie was the Blu-ray was released. Amazon still said waiting on delivery. Blah blah blah. And then uh, it was like two months later, uh, it got uh, updated their page, and they sent us an email and said, "Oh, sorry, because of a lack of stock or something like that, we had to cancel your order at that price." And I was like, "What the hell? This is garbage. This is bullshit." And then even more bullshit. After, as soon as I got that email, or maybe it was a couple days later, I don't know, I went on Amazon's website, I went on Amazon.com, looked up the Reanimator Blu-ray, all of a sudden, back in stock, but full price. And I said, oh, somebody messed up, and they had said, we can't fulfill this many fourteen ninety nine Reanimator Blu-rays, and they had to cancel some more. So I, I, I called them out, I was like, yo, this is, there's no way this is a coincidence. I said, I, I pre-ordered, you promised that price, I locked it in. You can't back out now, and they did honor that price. Thankfully, I, I had to put their feet to the flame, but Amazon did honor the uh, great price. I mean, like, come on, you get this, you get a amazing uh, set here. Like, look, this is gorgeous. I mean, fourteen ninety nine, two wow. discs here. Of course, let's get into the the reason for the season, um, the unrated version, and uh, the inter- integral. In- in, integral, <laughs> integral. <laughs> in- integral is that how you said yeah it? yeah uh well yeah well i wasn't sure if i was going to talk about this one so i didn't look uh too closely into the different cuts but also you got great booklet you got you got some comic you got a comic in it i mean come oh, on cool amazing yeah. amazing um so i like reanimator i don't love it i mean i do love barbara crampton in it she is amazing um, but I, I think it's a fun film. You know, I love the effects, love the gore. I do believe the integral version is longer, and the uh, I, I don't know why I was <laughs> pronouncing it wrong. Um, I believe it, it does say this was uh, the first time that version is available in the U.S., it says on the back here. So that is 105 minutes, and the unrated cut is 86 minutes. Um, Whoa. So I uh, again I don't remember which one I watched last. I probably I'm guessing if I'm unsure I usually go with whatever is on disc one. So I probably just went with the unrated version, the 86 minute version. Um, but yeah, I guess technically this must have at least three different cuts then because um, the unrated, the in- integral, and uh, then there must be a standard R-rated version. Um, which I don't think that is on this set. I think it's just the unrated and the uh, the long one, the 105 minute one. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun horror film. I've actually never seen the sequels. I keep meaning to, um, even though I'm pretty sure they're a step down. But uh, yeah, I mean you're mostly there just for the effects. And this is one where definitely I could see the 105 minute runtime maybe hurting the film because I. 
you know, you're kind of just there for the gore. It's just kind of a fun, goofy B horror movie and uh, beefing up the runtime by that much uh, definitely could drag it down. I don't know exactly what they include to add on that runtime, but um, very interesting. But yeah, it's, it's an awesome, uh, awesome set. So thank you, Amazon for uh, honoring your price eventually. Eventually. (laughs) No, I actually haven't seen reanimator either. Um, I'm well, well aware of its reputation and uh, I forget, is it Stuart Gordon that directed that one or yes, I think so. I get a, for whatever reason, I get Brian Usna and Stuart Gordon confused because one of them does like producing and directing and Mm -hmm. and they've collaborated multiple times. So I get their work confused oftentimes. Yeah. Directed by Stuart Gordon, produced by Brian Usna. Yeah, like I said, they, they've they collaborated so many times, it's like I, I get my wires crossed all the time. But yeah, I, I'm well aware of its reputation. I think I've heard that Beyond Reanimator, at the very least, is is a fun time. Um, mm-hmm. I can't speak for the, the sequels beyond that. Um, I do know a stage version of it exists. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I'd be actually be curious to see what that looks like, because I've seen like clips, um, but I've never seen the whole thing. But I bet that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think Stuart Gordon produced the stage version, um, so he very much like tied in with that work. He he kept up with the legacy of it. But I mean, Jeffrey Combs is great. Uh, he he really goes for broke like with everything he works on. Um, he, he's one of those guys, kind of like a Brad Dourif, where it's like he's he's a little too funky looking um, to like be the mainstream guy, like the mainstream leading man. But it's like he's so good it's like man find a way to work him into whatever you're working on because they're both gonna just give you gold um only problem is like i said they're both like not meant to be the the main guy on whatever movie they're working on yeah i mean you forget like at least i forget that watching the first reanimator he's not the main character i mean everybody imagine like that's the first thing you think of is him in this movie um maybe barbara crampton maybe you think of her first i don't but uh you certainly don't i don't even know the other guy's name you certainly he's he does not pop to mind as the the face of reanimator uh whoever he is well it's a it's a convention that uh kyle had me read a book about the history of horror movies uh a while back and like there's the convention of the the breeding pair um it's thought of as a required element to tell like your typical horror story is like we can have all sorts of off-the-wall characters. We can have a mad scientist in there. But at the end of the day, it's generally accepted that most audiences like take comfort in having just like your basic vanilla-ass like man and woman couple like to, hey, to just like lean Barbara into. Barbara Crampton, far from vanilla. Far, far from, from vanilla. vanilla. Yeah, <laughs> she's, We're she's... talking praline pecan, if you, you know, if you follow me here. <laughs> No, she's a uh, she's as uh, they would call in the acting community fearless. Um, she 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 is willing to do a lot of the things not all actors are willing to do. Um, but yeah, I've I've heard very good things about about Reanimator and at least beyond Reanimator. I've very much wanted to get around to watching them because I have seen uh, my fair share of Usna and, and Gordon movies over the years. Some of which I've definitely featured. Uh, jeffrey combs at the very least probably many of the other cast members as well mm-hmm. i forget i think it was just brian usna worked on the uh, necronomicon movie um but the okay. two of the two of them definitely uh touch on lovecraftian uh fiction quite regularly uh, throughout their filmographies um and jeffrey combs has a small role in necronomicon and it's not even an astounding movie but it does have that fun uh anthology format that i always go for 
What you got there, Brett? Uh, I've got the uh, I've got Beyond Reanimator, just the, the Vestron release of it. Oh, what number? So, uh, this is uh, Vestron fifteen. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I, I do think uh, I think I think Bride of Reanimator comes in between these two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't um, know the order. I, I thought Beyond came next, but I could be wrong. I I guess I could be wrong too. But I mean, this one came out in two thousand three. Oh well, yeah. Then Bride is definitely the I, so. Next I would one. think, yeah. But I haven't seen either of them, so. Well, folks at home, if you're not aware, uh, Brad uh, is he is on the Vestron train. Uh, he has he has all the Vestron titles, as far as I'm aware. Uh, he's, I've got them all lined up now. That's right. Mm. That's right, baby. <laughs> 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 got them all in numbered order. Uh, yeah. Put, DVD and, and and Blu-ray publishers out there, uh, if you want Brad's money, just put a number on the spine. <laughs> and don't release anything too regularly. Like, if they were releasing, like, two or three of these a month, I wouldn't be able to keep up. But they just got that perfect schedule where they release just enough where I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll pop. I'll, I'll keep the streak going. <laughs> just just so. kind of, like, pull, pulling out your wallet. It's like, okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> and they, uh, they carry them usually at Walmart. So, you know, you're there to get some Cheetos mac and cheese. And it's like, all right, I'll, I'll put Beyond Reanimator in my cart. All right. You convinced me. Well, I mean, it's like buying condoms or something. You have to do it casual, like where it's like uh, some mac and cheese and a <clears throat> bride of Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I suppose the ball is to me again. So. I'm going to cheat again, as usual. And I'm going to maybe uh, introduce something that uh, I don't know if you've ever encountered this before, Brad. Uh, This might might be something unique, um, at least for your filmmaking like your your experiences in cinema anyway uh so in the world of japanese animation anime uh it is fairly common uh, as i point out with the uh, fist of the north star uh to take a story that is meant to be told over god knows how many fucking chapters and try to smash it into a theatrical runtime um consequences be damned uh in best case scenarios at the very least uh the animation you get is of a higher caliber uh, than you would get from like a, a weekly television show or something. Uh, so the trade-off is animation quality in favor, like over story, because it's impossible to tell that much story given the time frame. Um, so this is a thing that they do semi-regularly is they they try to do that. They take an entire television, like a season of television, and smash it into a ninety-minute cut. Hmm. Um, sometimes they alter the animation. Sometimes they don't. Um, so it's sometimes it's interesting to look at. Sometimes it's absolutely jarring and kind of ugly. <laughs> anyway, I have uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam, the original uh, 1979 television series. This is three movies that encapsulate the entirety of probably like an 80-episode television series. Wow. Uh, so for people like me who are allergic to uh, television format, uh, to, to the long form series format things like this are a godsend however for people like my girlfriend who actually care about stories and details and things of that nature 
the shit drives her up the walls because like i i don't know who these people are i don't know what the fuck is going on who is that why is he yeah, going there how yeah. did that happen how many people died in between <laughs> cuts um, but for someone like me this is a way for me to experience a television show from the fucking 70s in like six hours or something uh and as far as i know the animation for this one is ripped directly from the television series so it's not particularly handsome to look at because it's it's all animation produced on a television budget um but it is fascinating to see them try desperately to to tell a coherent story while making just like just cutting huge chunks out of the story entirely like entire story arcs entire characters are just excised from the thing so who so who would that be for is that because that wouldn't be necessary they wouldn't make that for the fans of the show would they or is it is it to try and attract a new audience or uh, i have one here in front of me that i'm about to show you that would be for fans this this i want to say is probably for um next generation audiences so for people like me who were not around in the 70s who couldn't possibly have seen this thing uh, it's a shortcut it's a way like if you're curious and you actually want to know most of the story this is a fa- this is a, a faster way to go about it uh, so it's a way to cheat your way through the television series essentially um, and I'm not such a fanatic that I, I do the thing that oh my god Brad like I I don't know if you're aware of this but there are people online that it's like becoming standard practice to like watch television and podcasts at accelerated rates like at 1.5 times speed or like two or three mm-hmm. times speed. And to me, it, that's just like, it, it's just like that. That's you don't do that. Like that's, yeah. that's just not done. I know it's an option. Like the tech, we have the technology, but are you really enjoying it? Like, or are you just, or, or do you really just want to hit your, le- your letterbox account and say, I done did it. it it's like, no, that that shouldn't be why that shouldn't be the the point of getting to the end of something. You should actually digest it. You should actually take it in the way it was intended to be. Stuff mm-hmm. like that drives me nuts. Like to to learn that there are communities of people that this is this is normal. Like that's what they do. It's... Yeah, I definitely <laughs> yeah, doing it for a film is very odd for me. I don't think I've ever I don't think I yeah, I don't think I've ever I mean, done, for, watched for a anything podcast, like that. For a podcast maybe. Like it's, a, for, it's a little more. I mean, one point five for a, a podcast, especially if it's just a conversation. Yeah, because it's kind of like you're just retaining everything that they're saying. Um, yeah. You know, Pod, I, podcast I'm, I'm okay is a that. maybe. Podcast is a maybe. Movie though, it's like I, I don't know how many times, even over just the course of this conversation, Brad, we've used the word pace or pacing. That that's so much of what describes a good movie yeah. <laughs> is the skillfulness of of at which the story is re- relayed to you at the like at the correct pace, like finding that correct rhythm is the sign of skillful filmmaking in a lot of ways. So, to me, it's just like mind boggling. It's like <sighs> anyway. Uh, so that uh, the the Gundam trilogy, that's that's a television series. As far as I know, they didn't. They didn't really alter the animation for that. But this, uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, uh, a new translation, uh, this uh, was the second Gundam television series uh, from the 80s. Um, it's often regarded as one of the one of the shining stars of the Gundam canon. Um, this was actually produced uh, like under the watchful eye of the original creator of 
the whole Gundam series, uh, Yoshiyuki Tomino. Um, so he actually had a hand in in this production. But what this is, is this came out in the 2000s, like when I was in high school, um, and they actually did reanimate uh, chunks of it. So they did okay. use mostly television footage, um, but I think they re-recorded most of the voice work, uh, definitely redid a lot of the sound, um, and just completely reanimated chunks of it. So it's, it's like the equivalent of like the Star Wars uh, special edition, uh, the original trilogy that is. Mm-hmm. So there are additional scenes or there are like important moments that are more heavily punctuated um, by the higher quality animation. Uh, it's very, very, very jarring because we're talking like 2000s era animation techniques uh, inserted into 1980s animation techniques. Like they don't look at all similar. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it is readily apparent whenever you're seeing new footage. Um, and in addition to that, like I was shocked that they changed the ending. Like I'm, I'm fully aware of the original ending of the television series, and it is dark. Like it's not a happy ending, but they changed the ending for the movies, uh, which again were released in the 2000s, likely in the hopes of like roping in a new generation of fans. And I guess somebody decided uh, maybe it would sit better with audiences to have like a more upbeat ending. And for me, I was like watching it, and I was like, whoa that didn't happen <laughs> like like what happened here <laughs> it's like no no he's supposed to have a real bad time and it's like oh hmm. he's okay <laughs> it's like never mind interesting but it's a it's a very strange uh way to go about like assembling a movie like using television footage like heaps and heaps of television footage we're talking tens of hours of footage like edited footage and assembling it into essentially like three 90 minute films um, it is coherent. It's not particularly substantive, um, but it, it's something that is fairly regularly done uh, in in that industry. So it's it's something I can't think of out, existing outside of anime, honestly. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I've never heard of that, to be honest. Um, man, like I wish they would do that with like Supernatural or something. One of these shows that's got like fifteen seasons. Like, how am I ever gonna watch that shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that I've said it before. That's why I don't watch a lot of television is because the runtime is just, it's intimidating. It scares me away, honestly. So things like this are a godsend for me where it's like I can get the biggest bullet points. I can see all the all the most important story events and some of like the, the best eye candy or whatever. But then I can just skip all the stuff, all the inessential elements of it. Yeah. Um, and it helps that Gundam isn't particularly well known for its characterization. Like, it's, like, kind of dog shit, to be honest. Like, like, I could not care less about most of the characters. It, it's very much, like, a world story. So, like, I don't know, for something like Supernatural or your your average American television show, I would imagine that that would be, like, missing the point. Because so, so much of those shows is, like, people just get enamored with the characters and just want to hang out with them. Like, mm-hmm. my, my girlfriend was telling me about the last season of The Mentalist, where she described it as a victory lap. Where it's like it has no reason whatsoever to exist. Like there's the story's over, but they just made an entire season of fan service just because there was demand for it. So it's just like an additional 12, 13 episodes of just hangout time with the characters you like. Um, So something like this would probably not sit well with people who are more tailored to those types of experiences. But for me, who doesn't give a shit, (laughs) (laughs) and it's just here to see the robots blow each other up, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't waste my time, you know? Don't waste my motherfucking time! 
Give me all you got. Give me all you got. I don't have the soundboard pulled up right now. Otherwise, I'd gi- I'd give you one of those. He'll but, uh... be rising. Maybe he'll leave a note right on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen the movie Heat, maybe just Google that. Just, yeah. just Google the phrase, don't waste my motherfucking time. And then you've seen Heat. <laughs> I mean, you haven't, but you'll at least have common knowledge of that. Yeah. It's better than watching it at 1.5 speed. Just watching that one clip and saying you've seen Heat. At least... At least then you're. <laughs> oh my God! Heat at 1.5 times speed, like any anything Michael Mann at 1.5 times speed. That's just like missing the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like honestly, that's like the perfect director to key in on. It's like his movies have a kind of like lackadaisical pace to them from time to time. They ramp up for sure, but like in mm-hmm. between, it's like we're taking our time. <laughs> it's like we're just gonna hang out with the. Uh, Ashley Judd in her badly dyed hair, and uh, <laughs> gonna ro- watch Robert De Niro tell her to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, one, that's, that's another audio clip I'm a big fan of. Is him? Is her telling him? I'm sick of him. Sick of it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one too. That is a good one. Yeah, she just yeah. jumps right down her fucking throat. Uh, <laughs> I have other examples of this. I'll just rattle them off. We don't have to discuss these, but I just wanted to point out that uh. Ghost in the Shell 2.0. This is a Mamoru Oshii movie. I really love his stuff. Uh, only reason I bring this up is that this is not an alternative cut, but they changed the they digitally like changed the coloring of the movie. Hmm. So that's what the 2.0 refers to is that there was a sequel to Ghost in the Shell and a couple of television series after after the f- original film that had a drastically different color palette to the original film, which came out in the 90s and was done mostly analog in terms of animation, whereas the sequel and the other ones were mostly digital. So the color palette of the first film is largely green. Think The Matrix. This this is not green, Brad. No. And uh, the original version of the movie exists on this disc. However, the 2.0 version of the movie just, like, digitally alters all the animation to have this kind of like amber slash golden flair to it huh interesting and they put yeah. a lot of time and money into it and it's just like to me it's just like that is not the movie i know i mean it doesn't look bad it's just it's so radically different it's bizarre um so the i guess the idea was to make it more consistent uh with with that okay. which came before yeah that's kind of gross yeah, no, I, I am not a big fan of it. I've never watched it front to back. Like, I, I've watched the 95 version or whatever, but 2.0, suck my dick. <laughs> like, you know, I, don't, I don't want none of that. But uh, Real quick, I'll also point out I have uh, another Gundam, uh, Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. I only have the DVD because, for fuck's sake, the Blu-ray is like 45 fucking dollars. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of ridiculous uh, for a fairly short movie. But... Um, and I also have Macross Plus on DVD. And the reason I'm holding both of these up at the same time is that this is another uh, formatting thing that I'm curious if you've ever encountered this, Brad, because I want to say this only happens with anime. Um, we have two different formats. Uh, we have original video animation, OVA, and movie. Uh, so both of these products exist on these discs in both of those forms. And essentially what that means is uh, one is... Uh, cut up into episodes and was meant to be consumed via like uh, VHS tapes 
Um, and then there's a a version of the same story that cuts it all together into a feature length product. Um, usually they make small additions to the theatrical cut. Um, now the argument between these two products is that this one's better as a movie and this one's better as an OVA. Uh, apparently people have disagreements, but that's generally what is regarded as, and this is exactly what you were talking about, Brad, when you said you hate the fact that there exists different cuts of things because mm -hmm. there are arguments, there are people online that bitch and moan about which one they like best. Um, so as it stands, um, most people prefer this as a movie and this as a series of episodes. Uh, they feel the pacing is enhanced in this version because of the interludes, like because of the opening and ending credits, songs and whatnot. Um, even though the movie version of this features additional footage, apparently it's not anything that people felt was essential. This one does feature additional footage and in editing together uh, the multiple episodes into a singular film, it actually greatly enhances it. And I tend to agree, at least with this one. This one, I'm a little bit more on the fence. Um, both excellent, by the way. Uh, this one, especially, Brad, you might want to check out. Uh, it's, yeah? It's, it's, Macross Plus is fucking awesome. <laughs> okay. <All laughs> so, right. uh, it's, a, it's one of those things that if when you Google it, probably the first search result you'll get, and I'm predicting this, if first search, if not top five, will be a YouTube music video utilizing Highway to the Danger Zone. <laughs> that's my guess. I, I haven't okay. done the research. I haven't checked, but that's that's my bet. Because is that from the movie or is that like a fan edit thing? Fan edit. Okay, okay. <laughs> most certainly a fan edit. All right, all right. But yeah, that, I mean, this seems pretty cool. But unfortunately, you got to do research before you watch it because you got to which which cut am I watching here? I mean, just. Well, like I said, uh, OVA for Macross Plus, movie for Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, not, not that you're going right to get now. around to it anytime soon, but but Macross Plus actually is exceptional. I will say that much. Um, and mm -hmm. it's fairly self-contained as well. It actually tells a good story, even if you don't know anything about that world. Uh, I can I can stand by that because I don't know anything about Macross, but I still thoroughly enjoy that. That's pretty impressive, then. That's pretty yeah, good. I, I, yeah. I'd say so. Um, anyway, I've been ranting and rambling for quite some time. Uh, Brad, uh, what else you got? All right, I'll mention something here. A film that uh, this one, I mean, I don't know if we've really gotten into the, uh, you know, different cuts that, I mean, I don't want, this one maybe isn't a good example, but you could maybe look at it as just a, an attempt to cash in on a, a different version um, because this version only available on Blu-ray or 4K and you had to pay a very hefty amount to uh, receive a very beautiful but oversized uh, collector's edition to get this director's cut. Um, so I don't know if it was actually, I haven't done any research into it, to be honest, but, you know, how much of it was, uh, you know, a, a cashola incentive and how much of it was, you know, if this was actually what the director wanted. I don't know. But anyway, uh, this one is Midsommar or Midsummer, the uh, director's cut, which was put out on a very uh, expensive A24 uh, Blu-ray here. It was also available on 4K. Um, I did just get the Blu-ray. I don't know if it was because of cost. I can't remember. But anyway, I mean, this is a really cool set, and I don't like... I, I don't love Midsommar. I, I liked it. I've only seen it the one time, so I have not watched this version, actually. 
Um, I need to get around to it. But <laughs> the fuck you doing? <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty. It's long, man. I mean, how long is this version? I mean, it's a. You know, you got to plan out. It's it takes up. It's your whole night. Like this isn't something you can just pop on. Um, but I mean, you got really cool stuff in the booklet here. I'm gonna try to uh, screen anything I I show because there's some very graphic images in this booklet. Oh, um, I appreciate we, that. Uh, we want to keep this YouTube safe, Brad. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have an introduction from Martin Scorsese in here. Let's see. Um, that one. Well. Definitely not that one. Definitely not that. <laughs> that uh, I don't know. That looks vaguely sexual. Um, maybe I just won't show any of these. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I think this one's okay. This one, yeah, this okay. This one looks okay, but it's like this is the most family friendly. She got a fire on her crotch. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh no! I mean, that's just the design of the dress. But that's the most family friendly image in this book. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, handsome but yeah, package, I, very handsome it is package. very handsome. I mean, it's kind of, I actually kind of like the fact that it's so big that there's like just no chance of it fitting on your shelf normally. I almost, I kind of like, I like that more than something that's like half there where it's like, I could squeeze this on the shelf if I turn it on its side. This, like, there's no chance of fitting this on my shelf. So I have to like, you know, separate it out, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Midsommar. Um, I like Hereditary more. Uh, I don't know. It just again, I've only seen it the one time, but it just felt like once it just kind of hit like the beats that you expected it to, with it being like a film about a, a cult and these Americans from outside going there. It just it seemed like you know, which it kind of lays that out ahead of time. But I was expecting maybe something a little more um, unconventional, but it's still very well made. I mean, it's a, it's a I mean, Ari Aster is a great filmmaker from the two movies he's made um but yeah I, I would like to watch the director's cut see uh i don't know if it would change my opinion at all or uh if i would just think that the film was too long but either way i had to own this especially because it was a uh i don't know if you can still get it but it was like limited when they um announced it and came out with it well yeah i, I would challenge you to try to get that in before we're through october because damn like that that is quite the handsome package and I enjoyed that movie enough that I myself actually would be curious to see what the, I mean, a twenty. It's an a twenty four disc, mm-hmm. um, and it says "Big is Loud and Twice as Ugly" on the cover. Director's cut. That that to me, coming from a company like a twenty four, actually carries weight, because director's cut is one of those terms that gets thrown around pretty fast and loose, where it's like. It's not actually a director's cut. It's usually just an extended cut. Um, like a true director's cut is is a cut performed under the supervision of the director of the film. Um, case in point, like virtually any Ridley Scott movie out there. Um, I'm surprised we haven't gotten to him yet, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like I said, just the fact that it's Ari Aster and it is a true director's cut, or at least I assume it is. I, I actually would be curious to see what that is because... I agree with you. Like, I I didn't think it was on the same level as Hereditary, but it was very visually striking, uh, certainly engaging, uh, very very tense at times. But I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the word conventional. It was unexpectedly like, it was unexpectedly what I expected it to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the additional footage made for a more complex experience. Uh, because I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just like sometimes you get exactly what you expect out of something. Um, and I, I did enjoy, uh, I guess you'd call it like allegory or, or some of the some of the parallels in the narrative uh, in, in regards to the characterization of our, of our protagonist. Like I, I really enjoyed some of that stuff where it's like it's not beating you over the fucking head with it, but it's like the, the skillfulness of the filmmaking is such that it's like... I don't think anybody, even the people in the cheap seats, they're not going to miss this. So it's yeah. like it's it's well done in that sense. But um, yeah, I I I would I would hope you get around to watching that sometime because I I I'm curious to hear about it honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean it could be, you know, I could like it more, but it could also be the thing where it's like okay, now it's a half hour longer, and now it's just a half hour longer to get to the same point that you know I thought was pretty predictable by the end of the first one. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely gonna next time I watch the film will definitely be the director's cut. That's for sure. I mean, there's certainly some some cuts. There's certainly some moments in there that I think a lot of people agree were somewhat jarring. It's like, oh, that's how we introduce that character. They just they're mm-hmm. just there. Interesting. <laughs> like I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was handled a little bit differently. Uh, yeah. In, in an extended cut of the movie, maybe a little bit more delicately, because as it stands, it's it's jarring, but but that's kind of the problem. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, face. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah I, I hope you get around to watching that because it is a handsome handsome box at the very least. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I'll report back to you. Please do. Um, and I agree with you. Uh, sometimes it's better to go just balls out and, and make it a big ugly box because uh, I, I have exactly one Blu-ray on my shelf um, that was sold to me like without it being disclosed. I think it was from like a second hand or, or something, uh, in a unofficial like Blu-ray case mm. that's like five millimeters taller than your average case, <laughs> and it's the biggest fucking eyesore on my shelf because it, it still fits, but it's just like there's this little blue hat poking up above all the other products on the shelf. And it's like. <laughs> it's like I'd, you, ra- you get I'd a... rather you be big and ugly so i have to separate you from the rest of these can you just buy a replacement like a regular blu-ray case or i i'm thinking about doing that or buying a piece of shit movie that i know i don't give a shit about and just using that case because like in looking for for just like loose blu-ray cases for sale they're actually more expensive than you'd hope yeah yeah no i know all about that when i uh bought the uh children of the corn from arrow and it came in a blue arrow case instead of a clear one and i had to had to panic and find where i could buy a clear case on ebay yeah that was a uh, a dark day in the brad brad household (laughs) yeah thank god i found one because they were there was not many when i was looking i think people were snatching them up left and right yeah no I, i i feel your pain I, I know what it I know what it feels like to to have that just one eyesore sticking out on your shelf that's like you fuck <laughs> you did that on purpose yeah, yeah. you changed yourself to a blue case so I've got a blue arrow case I can send you if you want that I guess nah the arrow cases themselves generally have like a more rigid structure to them so they they stand out on their own even without mm-hmm. the colorization but I'm thinking about just like buying some like two dollar blu-ray that i i know i don't even really want or something or maybe a yeah. uh maybe one that i already have and just because it's probably cheaper than just buying the case on its own I it's get, not I, a bad idea or no tell you what you do you a movie you already have that you upgrade to 4k 
Then you take the Blu-ray and just, uh, you know, you don't need it anymore. Toss that shit. I might actually still have my case for Skyfall laying around because the, the Bond... Oh, my God, webcams are hard. Uh, the the Bond uh, box that my finger's pointing at right now has had a, a slot for Skyfall when you bought it, mm. and I just happen to have Skyfall separately from it. Okay. Um, so I may have that case floating around somewhere in this apartment, so we'll get on that. It's <laughs> a good um, idea. But I suppose the ball is to me. Show... So I'll just keep this one simple. I'm still gonna cheat though. <laughs> uh, a lot today, man. Oh, I know. Goodness. I I I pulled a lot of shit off the shelf, and I'm I'm kind of excited to show it off. So, um, I have. Well, I'll I guess I'll start with the the lie. I'll start. I'll start with the the bullshit. Um, and and uh, actually, this is a sign of maybe bad things to come. Uh, so I have here. Uh. Rambo Last Blood on Blu-ray. Uh, this movie's not very good. <laughs> as much as I, I generally enjoy the Rambo movies, this one felt kind of just like, why? Um, I didn't know there was other cuts of that. There are. And this oh. is this is why I wanted to bring this up, because it's not on this disc, Brad. Oh. Oh, actually, I no, I take it back. I, did, I do know about this. It is yep. the international cut of the movie that... I don't know if it exists in a physical medium, but there is an extended cut of this movie that you can stream. It's readily available on streaming. In fact, it may even be the default version of the movie hmm. on streaming. But the one that you can pick up from your Walmart bargain bin doesn't have it. And as far as I know, um, there may not even be a disc version of the movie that has it. But yeah, there is an extended cut. And all it really is is a prologue that actually kind of needs to be in the movie honestly like it actually makes for a slightly more enjoyable experience actually there is more um there is quite a bit more in fact none of it is action oriented which is surprising it's all story like it's all story and character building that actually does make for a better movie like it's longer and you know given the general reputation of this movie i can understand why they just want to hack it to pieces and just be like make it short like at the very least, make people's experience with this film short. Um, you know, get get them in, get them out. Let's just we gotta circulate. I could I could see that being the rationale behind making the cuts. But the additional footage is a prologue where uh, Rambo is like searching for people and I think like cattle in the in the wilderness in the middle of a rainstorm, and it features some really horrendous CGI. But it's this mo it's the sequence where like. Uh, like people lives are lost and Rambo doesn't win in the end and it actually sets the tone pretty well uh, as far as I recall the opening of the the disc version of the movie is it just kind of opens it just it just begins <laughs> um, but that opening sequence is kind of piv- it's important um, and then in addition to that the villains get a lot more dialogue like there, there's two brothers that serve as the principal villains throughout the movie that in the international cut of the movie uh, they they get a little bit more to them. They they have their relationship is a bit more fleshed out, and you know it makes you care just that slight bit more about what's happening in the movie. Um, I don't think any of the additional 
scenes detract from the experience at all it's it's just vexing and and bizarre like i don't entirely understand the rationale behind not putting that content on the disc um i do remember when the movie first came out hearing about it now um but yeah that was that was something completely blocked from my mind i mean the movie itself was basically blocked from my mind as well but (laughs) yeah uh it's not amazing um even the blood lighting i could have used a maybe just a different take on it like, is, it's like, I get it. Sylvester Stallone can't move the same way he used to, but it's like, does it all have to be traps? Like, can we get a little, can we have like a punch thrown in anger or something? Just like, just a little bit more tooth and nail, you know, as opposed to like, he's not in the room when most of these people die. <laughs> like, it just takes out some of the fun knowing that he's not even there to see it happen half of the time. But uh, it's, it's definitely the least of the Rambo series. Um, but it is what it is. But uh, on that same note, uh, we have another Stallone product, The Expendables Extended Director's Cut. And this is a true director's cut. Stallone was involved in the in the production of this particular edit. Um, it does actually have some additional supplements uh, regarding the crafting of the crafting <laughs> of, of this particular cut in the movie. But this is a this is a curiosity. This is not anything that i would tell you to rush out and buy in fact i resisted buying this but the stallone fan in me just couldn't help himself i just had to at some point and it is extended it's not improved in any way as far as i know there's a little bit more characterization like i think dolph lundgren gets some more dialogue in here i think jet lee gets some more dialogue randy couture unfortunately i think gets some more dialogue didn't need that uh the blood lighting is a enhanced there is more action there is more violence uh they do the thing much like they would do with a comedy where they insert the equivalent of be real but punches instead of instead of gags and it's like oh uh, you definitely probably should have cut that out it's like it's more it's like i'm glad to see more people get punched in the face but it's like that wasn't like that wasn't like top tier face punching it's like there's a reason that that was left on the cutting room floor but the weirdest thing about this cut is that the uh, the timing of the music is is fucked with because they added because they added footage uh a lot of the music brian tyler does the score for the expendables expendables movies uh I think he also does the Fast and Furious movies as well, so it has that that particular flavor to it. But the score for the Expendables movies is overly masculine and, and like booming. It's not actually that bad, honestly. This the score for the movies is not terrible. But what's really weird about this cut is that the you can actually hear the music like skipping around a little bit because they had to stretch it because mm. they had more footage added to to music that seemingly was. Uh, composed to the timing of the edit they were working with for the final product and it's really ugly from time to time where your ears just like oh whoa it's like you're on the school bus with your walkman and and you hit a bump it's just like oh (laughs) um but it's not an essential cut of the movie by any means it's it's more of a curiosity uh, than anything else but i'll just close things by saying a deadpool 2 super duper cut um similar case actually uh, they because it has additional scenes um, some of the scenes I think are moved around as well um, I almost felt like I preferred the theatrical edition because uh, okay. there is more action there is a bit more characterization um, but but again they ran into that weird problem where there's more footage here so we need 
we need to make sure the soundtrack balances out with it. And if memory serves, the opening of the movie features uh, the song Nine to Five, uh, the Dolly Parton tune. Mm, yeah. um, but in the extended version, I think they just took out the song and replaced it with something else uh, because the timing didn't match because they added so much extra action elements to it. But I, I seem to recall preferring the theatrical cut of the movie after having watched both of them. It's, that's actually one that I'd like to go back and revisit because I, I, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Didn't uh, didn't Deadpool two also have that Once Upon a Deadpool cut where it was like the PG thirteen version? Yeah, I don't have that, but uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, that that is, it. If we're talking curiosities, that that's a really interesting example of one where it's like, yeah, uh, all signs point to it maybe being like the last gasp of a uh, Fox Studios before the the Disney merger or something, where it's like we just want to put out something before we close the doors permanently. Like they're still in business or whatever, but they their ownership changed, um, and the timing just matched up a little too perfectly, if memory serves. But yeah, there's there is a a, a disc version. It was also released in theaters of Deadpool two, uh, in a PG thirteen rating, apparently with additional scenes, uh, with Fred Savage. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it myself, but I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to to checking it out just because it's such an oddity like i really can't think of many instances of something like that being done with a film yeah that's definitely curiosity and you know some versions it's kind of interesting like uh with certain cuts where if they change things enough it's almost like you say it's a different film you know what i mean like i would if i watch that i would not say i watched deadpool 2 i would say i watched once upon a dead i mean they give it its own title i wonder that's a good question is once upon a deadpool loggable on letterboxd i bet you it is i bet you it is and i i wouldn't be surprised if uh the mpaa or whatever i mean they definitely had to rate it differently so it's probably chronicled as a separate product entirely Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm pretty sure the runtime is dramatically different as well yep it is loggable on uh on letterboxd as a separate film so okay well i i should i should check that out just to see what what it is because until you mentioned it i actually kind of forgot about that yeah okay. i thought that's what you were going to say when you pulled that deadpool 2 i didn't realize there was just a super duper cut no it, i i totally forgot so i'm glad you brought it up but um anyway that's about it for for me on that one but uh what you got next brad i'll mention this one which um actually uh i had you on my show um just a couple weeks ago and this is one i actually talked about then but I'll bring it up now because it does fit in nicely with the alternate cuts. Um, and this one is Black Sabbath uh, from Mario Bava. Uh, you were on when I mentioned this, right, I think? I'm pretty sure. Uh, you didn't show me the cover, but uh, I seem to remember it coming up. Yeah, this is the one where I mentioned the corpse. and uh, Yes, the, cor- okay. the you, you made me look up a still of the corpse, the magnificent yep. corpse. So this is uh, obviously Mario Bava, Italian director. Um, and this is a horror anthology from 1963. Um, it does feature three different stories, and the I guess the main difference from the two different versions, um, one is the AIP English language version of the film, and the other one is like the original Italian. Um, the main difference, I guess, is that the stories are presented in a different order. So on this version, it is presented as... Uh, the one with the corpse that uh, 
is haunting the woman is the first story. Then there's a sort of a slightly jalo influenced story about a guy calling a woman on a on a phone. That's the second story. And then the third story is the last one on this cut. And that one features uh, Boris Karloff as uh, what they call a, a Wurzelak, which is a uh, version of a, a vampire. Like it's a Polish version of the vampire or something. I don't know. But the, the Wurzelak is some sort of uh, vampire in lore. And that's actually the longest version. I don't know what the order is in the other version, but I know it's not that one. Um, also, the version with the the, the story with the uh, telephone, the man calling the woman on the telephone. In this version, uh, she's getting these calls, and she goes to her friend and is like, "Oh, you know, this is really scary. I'm getting these calls. You know, blah blah blah." Um, and in the international version, it is, I guess, made more clear that they are lovers, her and her friend. Um, and in this one, they don't, they kind of remove all hints from that, um, and cut it down for that. And the only other main difference that I know of, which I'm bummed is not in this version that I own is I guess at the end of the film, cause each story is presented by Boris Karloff. And I guess there's a, the final like shot of the film is Boris Karloff on a horse. And, uh, it, at the end it like pulls back and reveals that the horse is a fake and that he's on a set. And it just kind of like breaks the fourth wall kind of thing. And it uh, sounds really cool. And I, I don't think that is in this version. I'm pretty sure I would have remembered that unless I fell asleep, which maybe happened. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish because you can. This is from Kino. And um, it does say on the back in the description, it says this is the AIP English language version of the film. Uh, I kind of wish I, I didn't know at the time when I bought this that... Uh, the Italian seems to be the preferred version. Otherwise, I would have bought that. Um, and Kino does have a sale right now. I am kind of tempted to uh, buy the Italian version separately. Uh, I mean, because those prices are pretty cheap. But I can't imagine I'm going to watch this um, again anytime soon. So maybe I'll wait for the Kino sale after this one. But you can get both versions from Kino on disc. Just unfortunately, they're not packaged together. Yeah, that that sounds like maybe a licensing issue or something. Cause Could like, be. Because that's very strange in my eyes anyway to, to sell those separately. Um, yeah. But again, like you said, maybe like the AIP English language or something has different license holders attached to it or something. So they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're forced to sell them in two separate packages under two different SKUs. Um, that's unfortunate. Because uh, I, 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 for one, like really enjoy having access to multiple versions of something like just like right off the shelf like owning owning two different copies of something just to have two different versions of it i own two different versions of the expendables (laughs) 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 is a little weird um but you know it is what it is but um man that 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 ending (laughs) like uh, i'm really curious about that like would would that totally like throw a curveball into things like does that is there any like breadcrumbs laid down in the version you've seen that would lead to an ending like that? No, I don't think so. I mean, and I don't know necessarily how it plays out. Cause I know in the, like the story, the Wurzelak where Boris Karloff, uh, he, he is on a horse in that. So I don't know if it's like a, a transition from that story into that shot or cause I don't remember the order that it's presented in this one, but, um, yeah, there's no really other than, I guess, Boris Karloff, 
speaking directly to the camera and introducing the stories, I guess that is maybe a little bit of a, you know, because he's breaking the fourth wall there. But um, yeah, it's kind of a cool, just interesting meta way to end a, end a film. I mean, it definitely pulls the rug out from under you. Yeah. Mean, just, I kind of just want to see Boris Karloff on a fake horse. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I, I believe, I, I could be wrong, but I think the Italian version is the one on Shudder from what I've heard. So I might have to just go watch that part on shutter. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you've, you've earned the right to just skip to the last minute yeah. just to see. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah. it's, it's like, I seen it. <laughs> Either version is still good, but yeah, it sounds like I would definitely dig the, dig the Italian version more. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds like an interesting one and good God, that, that corpse. So good. Wow. So good. I, like, it, it's genuinely creepy like it is mm-hmm. genuinely unsettling like I, yep. I said when we spoke last but yeah folks at home definitely give that a google if you're in for a little spookiness <laughs> great great uh makeup or whatever the mask work whatever it is uh really effective yeah yeah i want to say it was like makeup or something but like just the pose and and the lighting it all just kind of comes together to make mm-hmm. like a really creepy image <laughs> Why Mario Bava? He's the master. He's the master, man. Okay. Uh, if you were to pick a, a favorite uh, Gialli or Giallo uh, director, uh, who do you think you'd go with? I, I would still go with uh, Dario Argento. I think he's you know he's the obvious choice, but I think he's the obvious choice for a reason. Yeah. Because um, yeah, Mario Bava. He was you know he was before Argento. Definitely laid the groundwork with a lot of his stuff. But, uh, you know, then the other guys came in like a decade later and took it to the next level. Gotcha. Like, uh, did uh, Fulci do uh, Giallo or is he just an Italian horror filmmaker? He did some Giallo for sure. Um, The New York Ripper, even though that one takes place in New York. So it's kind of, you know, it doesn't follow every trademark of the genre, but uh, that one's definitely a Giallo. But, yeah, I I think the one guy who not totally exclusively, like, some of his films, his supernatural stuff, falls a, like a little bit out of the Jalo genre, but pretty much for his whole career, he just directed Jalo, and that's Argento. Um, so that's why he's kind of the guy. Okay, you heard it here, folks. Argento, he's the guy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got? Okay, uh, so I have a pair that come from the same director, so I feel it's not entirely cheating. Still a little bit, <laughs> but I um, I uh, I fell prey to the uh, the sin of not actually having watched these, so I can't actually speak to their nature entirely. Okay. But I know the concept behind their production. Uh, so I have here uh, Apocalypse Now. Uh, 40th anniversary 4k uh, final cut not redux this includes redux as well as apocalypse now i'm getting a headache just this is pissing me off all right (laughs) (laughs) spread has left the call (laughs) so yeah there are this is six discs and includes three different films if you were to ask francis if you were to ask coppola Francis Ford Coppola, 
how like how many movies are in this one box he would tell you three distinct films are in this box i don't know how true that is um i have definitely seen apocalypse now redux i don't think i've seen apocalypse now and i most certainly have not seen apocalypse now final cut which um i don't even remember what year final cut was actually uh completed or released um but it was fairly recent as far as i know um and in addition to that i think this also includes hearts of darkness uh, the documentary about the making of apocalypse now <laughs> so i think there's actually technically four movies in this one box um coppola uh very similar to ridley scott but or george lucas for that matter uh seems to have uh, seems to have that bug where he he's just gotta he's just gotta fuck with it like he just he just can't help himself i mean it, it's it's fitting that he's a contemporary of george lucas um because yeah it, it just seems like many 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 of his films end up being rejiggered in some fashion down the road um i i quite enjoy apocalypse now redux um i, I thoroughly enjoy hearts of darkness i think that may even be better than the movie itself honestly that was a really fascinating watch in fact we reviewed it for catching up on cinema at some point um, but I'm actually curious to see what the final cut yields, like if it if it if it is, even is anything. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'd probably have to rewatch what I already know in order to be able to discern those differences. And this comes back to exactly why Brad doesn't like the worst having multiple versions of movies floating around out there, because in order to actually know if what you're watching is different. You have to be familiar with that which came before and in this case it's been a fucking minute so i I actually wouldn't be able to tell you um so i may end up having to watch these very very long films two or three times god help me also i just want to throw this out there you know francis ford coppola says those are three different movies uh i did letter i did look up on letterboxd and there is only one entry under apocalypse now so sorry frankie one movie doesn't matter what cut. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you you may have just uh, set him off. Like he's just like hopping off his couch right now. He's like, oh, I gotta fucking fix that. <laughs> Those letterbox people, they gotta know what it's all about. <laughs> Redux is a different film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I remember. I seem to remember when Redux came out, and there was a big hullabaloo about it. Um, I don't remember hearing much about final cut but like i said i i care enough about the movie i i have enough of an attachment to the movie that i'm actually sincerely curious to see to see what it is plus it's the fucking 4k man like at the yeah. very least i want to see that so i i have a good reason to at least watch the the final cut version of it but in addition to that i didn't intend to buy this but it was screaming at me for seven dollars at a secondhand store uh the godfather coda the death of michael corleone you know i was just at best buy today while i was waiting to get my windshield fixed and i went over <laughs> like there to you pick do up, and I, I went over there to pick up silence of the lambs on 4k and i had some time to kill and i was wandering through the store and i saw that and i was like oh yeah that's right that did come out last year forgot about that <laughs> yeah i i almost forgot about it too but then i was wandering the aisles at a uh, owl's whatever the fuck on uh, on the ave in the u district here in seattle and uh yeah it was jumping out at me man it was like seven fucking dollars 
I, I mean, this, like, it doesn't matter if it's good. That's not why I'm buying this. I'm only buying this because Godfather 3 is not very well regarded, and this came out in 2020, and I'm just kind of curious to see what they did with it. Uh, and most signs point to it actually being an improvement. Um, I don't know if it's a dramatic improvement, but most signs point to it being a superior iteration of the film, uh, which is kind of why I like doing this exercise. I like checking out what what different cuts of movies end up being. Um, funny story. Uh, I haven't seen it myself, but my brother told me um, part of the reason he doesn't have as much of an affinity for the Godfather films as many, many, many people do is uh, it just so happens the only time he ever watched it was apparently the worst way to watch it. <laughs> Um, oh, really? Yeah, uh, he ended up getting, I think, from the grocery store or something. Like, it may have even been on VHS, but he like rented it or something, and it was this very strange version of the Godfather saga of the trilogy, um, where it's it's recut in chronological order. Like oh. the entire story is recut in chronological order. Really? And he said it was like borderline incomprehensible, and it was terrible. <laughs> so like the movies that many people know and love he ha he hasn't seen them <laughs> like, like he's seen the footage but not as intended um and i was like wow that sounds bizarre because <laughs> if you put those movies in chronological order i i don't see how it how it would cohere like like it, it that's not how stories work man yeah, <laughs> like like that's... there's a certain rhythm to telling a story and that's not it it's pretty gross to be honest yeah, and long too, because it was yeah. all three movies, or at least the first two, anyway. But yeah, so, he, that's the only it, way he's seen it. <laughs> it like opens like so. The whole beginning of what he watched would have been. I, I mean, I'm not a Godfather expert, but it would have all been Robert De Niro as the young. Like that's how just it starts. Yeah, I think it was like like as a boy at Ellis Island, and then the story unfolds from there, and it's just like it just throws you in there. It's like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> like, yeah. They're all speaking Italian. Is it subtitled? I don't even know. <laughs> like, hmm. Strange. But, Very yeah, strange. I thought that was really fascinating because I didn't even know that cut existed, but he was he was just like, yeah, it was weird, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched uh, this, the Godfather Coda, um, but I'm actually really intrigued by the premise of, of revisiting that those are the movies i'm most curious about seeing uh be re re-edited is is things that weren't great like I, you know if you take something great and re and rejigger it you run the risk of making it not great mm -hmm. <laughs> um, whereas something that's already kind of bad go go nuts like it's not like you're gonna offend anybody um so I, i'm actually kind of looking forward to dipping my toes into that one although it's been a long time since I've seen any of the Godfathers, so like I may have to refresh my memory. And I don't own those other Godfather movies, so I, I may have just dug myself a thirty dollar hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and those aren't out on four K yet, are they? I don't believe so. Um, you should pick them up on Blu-ray because then they'll come out on four K. I'm waiting on those, so please buy them on Blu-ray because I'll immediately announce them on four K as so, soon as you buy so, them. So I can share your pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, um. You mentioned uh, Silence of the Lambs. I know that that just came out on 4K like today, right? Yeah, just it was perfect. I, I had scheduled my windshield uh, uh, fix on the day specifically because I wanted to time it with Silence of the Lambs 4K. What? What's I'm the? Just kidding. I, that was just coincidence. But 
what what's the news on the street uh, about the 4k because i know it exists in the criterion collection already yep uh yeah this is you know just coming out on 4k through kino um i have not spot checked the disc yet and blu-ray.com does not have an official review but i've seen some screen caps and uh seen people talking in the forums and the word is pretty pretty good um it is, uh, from what I can tell uh, on the screen caps, it's uh, slightly darker than the Criterion uh, transfer, but uh, there is definitely a nice uptick in natural quality there. So okay. I'm excited to I, check it I, out. I, I was actually this close to, to buying the, the Criterion version, um, but now I'm having second thoughts. I should, should definitely look into making like a, a little animation that I can like hit a button and have it slide into the webcam just larry david seal of approval pretty pretty yeah. pretty good <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, it gets the larry david seal of approval addition. Yeah, yeah. I, feel I free to mention, steal that if you like <laughs> <laughs> i do want to mention quick uh i looked up because uh i thought you know i was like okay well the 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 godfather coda yeah the de- whatever you call it yeah i was like that one must have a, its own separate letterbox page um so i looked that up and Sorry, Frankie, that's uh, not a separate film either. That one has only one entry, Godfather Part 3. So. That's preposterous. <laughs> How dare I do that with my Godfather film? That I am surprised at. <laughs> that's a pretty good impression, too. Um, he, he's from how he's I pretty imagined, animated. Not that I've watched that many interviews with him, but that's just how I imagine him to be. I guess. Uh, he's, he's very animated. Um, and yeah, it, <laughs> it's not a skillful, uh, impersonation, but yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised from here on out. I think I'm, I'm making a solemn vow to any time I watch a movie with, uh, significant cuts, like, you know, like, not like, you know, the unrated director's cut, like none of that garbage, but if there's like significant differences in cuts, um, like the Godfather part three or uh reanimator even, I, I think when I log it on Letterboxd, I'm going to state in the review. I'll just it'll that'll be the only review that all I will say just what cut I watched, just so I have it for future reference down the road. So that's how you can do it. When you watch The Godfather Coda, just put a little review on Letterboxd and say because you got to log The Godfather Three, but just put in the review watched The Godfather Coda. You know, death of whatever. You know. It's like, we'll never watch again. Yeah. <laughs> Stop making additional cuts. <laughs> Stop it, Frank. <laughs> yeah, it's just more work. It's just more work. But All right, whatever. Red. Well, uh, you want to go another round, or are you about tapped out? I think I think I can go one more. I think okay. after this, uh, the the last few there, I'll be I'll be stretching if I have enough to say. But this one. You know, I might be stretching on this one too, but we'll <laughs> we'll see. Um, this one, uh, it was released theatrically just a few years ago, and uh, when it came out on 4K, they were saying, "Oh, there's going to be a, a director's cut included." And this one, it is kind of I don't know if this is good or bad. It's the theatrical on the 4K, and the director's cut is on the Blu-ray, and that is for Doctor Sleep. The Stephen King film from Mike Flanagan. Um, Mike Flanagan, and it even says there, includes director's cut on Blu-ray. And uh, that was actually kind of the main reason I picked this up on 4K. Um, Now, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I I did read the book. I read the novel before the movie came out. And I don't remember my thoughts on it. 
when it first came out theatrically, but uh, we did review it, so you know, go listen to that because I'm, I'm sure I had some great insights. But I think I was like, oh, I was it was okay. I, I didn't really like it that much, and for whatever reason, um, I did watch the director's cut when I picked up this 4K, and I for whatever reason I liked it more. And I don't know if that was just more settled into what it was. Maybe it was you know watching it at home, even though it is longer. Maybe the runtime because it was long already. Um, maybe watching it at home, you can settle in to the runtime a little bit more. And I don't know. Maybe there, I can't remember, but maybe there was some stuff that I appreciated as a, a reader of the novel that got cut. Um, and maybe I appreciated a little bit more that it was added in. You know, still think some of the stuff like the the young uh, Jack Nicholson, I think, looks pretty horrendous. Um, but <laughs> um, but no, I I do I did like the director's cut, and I I think if I went back and watched the theatrical cut, I'd probably say that I liked it more than when I first saw it anyway. But um, I think there's some worthwhile stuff in the director's cut, especially if you've read the novel like I have. So yeah, you know, it's uh. And especially Mike Flanagan, he is kind of a TV guy. So the fact that there's that extra, you know, length to it, I'm sure it helped him out some. Yeah, that's something I actually keep in the back of my mind these days when I watch movies uh, made by people who are generally regarded as like showrunners uh, for television series. It's like I, I, I try to retain that fact in my head because I find that more often than not, you kind of can spot it a little bit. Like oftentimes it comes down to pacing where it's like, there's it, you can, you can almost like feel that they're accustomed to having more time to just like breathe. Mm -hmm. Cause like a movie, a movie is a a very different medium. Uh, It presents a different set of challenges and more and more though, I think people are getting more tailored to the, the long form like television experience like like i said people like to live with their characters it's it's something that i'm in like conversation with friends and like friends of friends i'm discovering that like man there's a lot of people out there that just want to hang out with with their their media like they just want to live in it for for as long as it exists but then that's not my perspective like for me i like i like movies because i like the format like i i it's a fun challenge like trying to find the right pace and the right rhythm and sometimes sometimes omissions uh lead to better experiences um but in the case of dr sleep um i have come this close to buying that disc so many times fred uh because i i've heard very good things about the director's cut and i enjoyed the theatrical cut um when i i ended up renting it um and i'm i'm very curious to see what the extended version's like because i i enjoyed my time with it and i've I've heard that with more time to breathe uh the product is like largely enhanced uh, so i mm-hmm. like now that you've told me about it i may end up just pulling the trigger and picking that one up because I, I did enjoy it and i, I actually have been kind of itching to revisit it for whatever reason i couldn't even tell you yeah i don't know there's something like i just watched it Last year, I watched the director's cut. I, I, I just looked it up on Letterboxd. That's why I know. I just watched it last year, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I could watch that movie again. I don't know. It's, there's some, there is something about it that's quite watchable, and like you know, it hits a nice comfort zone where it's not amazing, I don't think, but uh, it, it is very, uh, especially you know, because it's got that connection to The Shining, and you know, there's you know some some uh, nostalgia there, I suppose, where it's a continuation of something that I've love and seen a million times before and this one i've only seen twice so 
Well, such is the power of Stephen King. Like he he really does make cozy products. Like I mean, there's there's even a a subgenre of murder mystery called called a cozy. Uh, he doesn't do those, but like his particular brand of storytelling, like like his rhythm, his style of characterization. It, there's a reason it fucking works like there's a reason it translates so well to film and i, I want to mm-hmm. say it's because it's very comfortable like it it it's familiar in the good way um and the theatrical cut of dr sleep isn't short as far as i know no like, it's far, long yeah and yet like you said like i feel compelled to just like dive right back into it even though i didn't watch it that long ago either um, and it's because I'm kind of searching for that feeling. It's like, you know, I want to have a good story. I just want to, I want a good hangout horror movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a handsome movie on top of that with some really awesome performances. Um, and the attention to detail in the production design is like such that if you're going to do the things that they did in that movie, you better fucking show up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like if we're going to touch the world of Kubrick, yeah you better really try hard <laughs> like you, you better bring your a game because if you fuck that up even a little bit people are gonna jump right down your throat um and they didn't fuck it up if you ask me mm-hmm. um, yeah and I, I definitely just appreciate just from stephen king's you know perspective well not perspective but what he did with it um you know doing a sequel to a novel and doing it it's you know it's basically completely different from the original shining like it's not like danny goes back to the hotel and stays there and that's the movie like you know he doesn't get back there till the end and what they do is completely i mean it's connected to the original but it's a totally new story and you know i I think that's pretty commendable to do something completely different with uh, a pre-existing property yeah you don't get that all the time and it it very much is its own it's own, it has its own identity. Well, mm-hmm. even though the connective tissue is there, even though it certainly is a sequel, like it couldn't exist without the original story, uh, just thematically and texturally, it's it's so radically different that it's like it. Yeah, they they th- he did a very good job of exploring new territory with it. Man, I'm gonna have to grab that one. <laughs> Put it on the list. Yeah, it, it's going on the list for sure. Uh, well. I babbled quite a lot earlier, so I'm going to forego my next at-bat in favor of a speed round uh, to, just right. to wrap things up. Because, like like I said, I, I, I cheated a little too much. I blew my water <laughs> early, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wave the white flag. Be like, okay, you got That's me. all right, man. I, I, didn't win, I didn't win the long race. <laughs> I, I, I sprinted instead of marathoned. But um, I'm going to start collecting my speed round stuff. I'm not going to do all of them, but I still do have a lot. So, uh, you want me to go first, Brad, or are you good to go? Um, I guess I'm, I'm good to go if you're uh, still getting your stuff together. Uh, you just you just did yours, so I'll I'll give you some time to to clear okay. up clear up your throat. So I'll go ahead and blow through mine. Okay, speed round. Uh, so I have on DVD. Uh, so sorry, Brad, to get your barf bag handy. Uh, the extended cut of the 2004 Punisher film. Mm. Uh, this is one of the ugliest fucking cases I own, Brad. 
So it's it's like this. Oh wow! And That's... then it's like a vertical clamshell. <laughs> it, it's it's horrendous. I hate this case. Yeah. But uh, at the time, this was the only version I had. I didn't. I wouldn't get a Blu-ray player for several years after I got this. Um, this is a bizarre extended cut of the movie that features um, like almost like Ken Ken Burnsian like like uh still still drawings uh moving like digitally moving about the screen to to act as footage of a film that they didn't have money to film. Uh, so this features a prologue um, of Frank Castle, the Punisher in like Afghanistan or something. And it's all presented in the form of like still images, like just sliding across the screen with, with audio playing over it. Um, and in addition to that, it also features a subplot, uh, just a subplot and a character that was cut from the theatrical cut of the film. Um, okay. It's a, it's the guy that uh, after he fakes his death, like it's his buddy in the department or whatever, um, is actually a consistent element throughout the remainder of the film. Um, but in the theatrical cut, they just said, fuck that noise. Like <laughs> we don't need this guy. So like all of his dialogue scenes with that character are, are inserted into the movie in pretty steady intervals in the extended cut. It's a strange extended cut. Cause it's not like a, a fan service cut. Like you would expect a Punisher extended cut to just be people getting shot more. Mm-hmm. It is not that. <laughs> um, I have the Predator, Shane Black's the Predator. Uh, this has bonus content, as the sticker will tell you, but it does not contain a different cut of the movie. I was actually gr- gritting my teeth and hoping they're going to give us an extended cut of this one. It did not and will not happen. Uh, this was the movie that uh, uh, there was a sex offender on the set of this film and uh it caused a controversy and they ended up cutting his scenes um and the movie has suffered slightly because slightly it's not a good movie to begin with but the movie has has suffered slightly because of it uh olivia munn's introduction in the film is truncated and feels jarring um in addition to that though uh, the reason i was hoping there would be an extended cut to this is that the bonus features on this disc include behind the scenes footage of additional predator costumes uh, like at least two other predator suits that are not featured in the final film. Uh, they're also riding around an APC at some point. And apparently the entire last, the entire finale of this movie, Brad, uh, was reshoots. Um, it was intended to be like a couple of good, good guy predators show up to help our heroes, uh, in a daytime battle with, with the titular predator. Um, but the finale of the movie takes place uh, in the middle of the night. It was all reshoots. It, it's a mess. The movie's not very good to begin with, but um, I'm still bitter of the fact that uh, I'm aware that those scenes were shot and just thrown out for whatever reason. Maybe they look terrible, but just the prospect of good guy predators showing up with like Kevlar vests and stuff, it's like, at least that would have made me laugh in the theater. Um, of Little Shop of Horrors, which we just covered. Mm, yeah. Um, and I spoke at length about the director's cut, which is a like 10 minute finale uh, with a really dark ass ending uh, that features some astounding miniature work. Uh, some of the like top men were working on it, some of the best miniatures of their day, same people that worked on Brazil. Um, some of the best like rubber monster suit destruction scenes in, in 80s filmmaking, but totally cut from the theatrical version. Uh, because it was too damn dark. Um, also, a musical numbers cut from it as well. 
Um, and then I have a funny one-two punch of Electric Boogaloo and the Go-Go Boys, which if you've if you've watched this documentary about the Canon Film Corporation, um, the ending credits of it make mention of a a Canon film, Canon branded Canon Films documentary currently in production upon announcement of this one that ended up being the Go-Go Boys. So this is the story as told by outsiders doing research. And this is the same fucking story as told by the people who felt like telling you that because they lived it. And obviously mm-hmm. this has a more positive spin on things. It's a, it's a really interesting one-two punch. Um, I certainly prefer Electric Boogaloo as a, as a package. I think it's just a more enjoyable film. But uh, it's, it just made me laugh so much to know that like upon hearing that someone was making a documentary about them, they were like, fuck that, we'll beat them to it. And I think they actually did. I think they beat their release date. Um, I have similar one-two punch: Hodorowski's Dune, and uh, the death of uh, the death of Superman lives. What happened? Uh, we covered this one on uh, catching up on cinema. These are stories about movies that were never made. Uh, so I guess that's a form of alternative telling, especially in the form of Hodorowski's Dune, because obviously we've gotten two other Dune movies and like a Sci-Fi Channel movie of Children of Dune. Um, that were not made by Alejandro Hodorowsky. Um, of Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. Apparently this is a similar situation to uh, Rambo Last Blood uh, in that I think an extended cut of this exists, but purely in digital, which sucks mm. because okay. this movie's fucking awesome. And if there's more if there's more awesomeness in this movie, I would very much like to see it. Unfortunately, I'm stuck with this. Um Superman 2, Richard Donner cut. Enough said. That's a big one. That is a big one. I'm surprised I didn't bring it up earlier. Um, I have X-Men, the Rogue cut. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, the reason I don't, I didn't grab that is uh, I don't have it on my shelf right now. I'm, I'm, running, I'm running low on space. Yeah. Uh, basically, this is an extended cut of the movie that uh, features characters who had no dialogue in the theatrical cut actually having dialogue, which is kind of nice it's like they're otherwise they're just pretty faces and uh, also you get to see them die multiple times which i always thought was really funny like the way this narrative is constructed it's like oh shit we get to see a lot of x-men die twice in the same movie (laughs) um and also this uh restores anna paquin uh as a character like she was completely excised from the theatrical cut hence the rogue cut Uh, i think it's overall just a better cut of an otherwise pretty decent movie uh, similarly, the Wolverine, I've shown this off multiple times on the show, but the R-rated cut of this movie only exists in this super-duper hideous blue uh, Best Buy box case. Uh, worth it if you ask me, though, because you get to see uh, ninjas go into a, a snow blower and get chopped up and their their gooey bits get sprayed onto the snow. It's, it's pretty tasty. I, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner the uh final cut uh can't have a discussion about alternate cuts without mentioning ridley scott Uh, i myself am not a blade runner fanatic Uh, however i have the utmost respect for it so don't shit all over me Uh, (laughs) um, uh, it's a it's an absolutely gorgeous movie i just find it difficult to connect to on an emotional level um but from an audiovisual standpoint it's marvelous it's fantastic and and the final cut is probably the best version of it um 
then I have some Zack Snyder shit that I'm a little bit embarrassed to mention I have. I have the Watchmen director's cut, which is not the complete cut of the movie. There exists a super duper duper special edition of the Watchmen uh, that includes the uh, tales from the Black Freighter mm. uh, stories from the comic book. Uh, they they made like motion comics of it uh, on separate Blu-rays, and I think eventually they ended up putting out a a version of Watchmen that incorp- reincorporates those bits. So it probably makes it into like a five or a six hour movie. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, in the comic, those were great. I enjoyed those. But for the movie, I didn't need those. Director's cut is superior to the theatrical cut. Uh, you get to see more Hollis. Uh, he has a really awesome scene where uh, he gets to punch some people in the face. Uh, in general, I think the additions to it are, are beneficial. Similarly, terrible fucking movie. But Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice, uh, Ultimate Edition, apparently only available on 4K. This was one of the very first 4Ks I ever bought. I don't like this movie, but this movie makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> I've seen it way too many times. Um, it is it is bad in the in the best of ways. Like it's bad in in ways that make you think. Where it's like, wow, you really had to try to fuck that up. Like you had to make a concentrated effort to fuck that up. <laughs> so like for me, it's like it's an endlessly fascinating bad movie. Though I totally understand if if other people just can't stomach it. Um, but that that's where I'm coming from. And then I I said I wasn't gonna buy it, but it was on sale. Fuck it, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Um, I don't know when the fuck I'm going to end up watching it. Um, but in terms of recuts, uh, it is a fascinating experiment. Uh, I, can, I can't really think of many other movies that have had a, uh, a similar path tread. Um, you know, originally released to theaters uh, with a different director's name associated with it, though I don't think actually on the print of the film. Uh, and then through fan demand, it ended up getting rejiggered and and a lot of money got tossed into it that's for fucking sure and now we have this four hour fucking monstrosity on apparently two different discs because uh the bit rate on it must be insane such that it couldn't be put onto one 4k disc wow i i don't own any other 4ks that demand that so it's like titanic back in the day two vhs tapes i remember that quite well yeah that that was that was a rarity that was like a sign You, you better fucking like set aside an afternoon man it's like it's we're gonna watch gettysburg we're gonna yeah. watch titanic <laughs> this is gonna be a long sit um but yeah that's that's all i got brad what, i can't believe that i can't believe when that Zack snyder's justice league came out i actually watched um both the original justice league and that on the same weekend like it's probably the low point of my year that was what whew. yeah the i didn't have ever done far. that for any alternate cuts was for that yeah, I didn't go that far. I didn't rewatch the theatrical cut because that that is that's even worse than Batman v Superman in some ways. Mostly because it's so flat. Mm-hmm. At least Batman v Superman is bad. Like Justice League is just like, Bleh. like yeah. you just walk away from it and it's just like, oh, what's that taste in the back of my mouth? It's like I, I think I think my brain is leaking into my throat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm dying a little bit. Yeah. Okay, Brad, um, what you got for your speed round? 
Cool. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about any of these, but uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, like unrated or uh, extended cuts with standard definition inserts. So these both fall into that zone, uh, both from Scream Factory. We've got Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation, and we have Silent Night, Deadly Night, which um, this movie actually is is bad, but it is bad in like a pretty like whacked way that it, it's actually a fun watch. I I could see myself revisiting this, and this one, you know, it's it's just a sleazy Christmas time slasher. Um, definitely cool that both versions um, are on these discs, so you can watch the unrated versions with standard definition inserts, or you can just watch the theatrical versions, whatever floats your boat. Um, also, Scream Factory, this one's got three different cuts on it. It's Army of Darkness. Now, this one includes its theatrical, director's cut, and international cut. Um, I know I've never seen the international cut. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing I've seen both theatrical and director's cut, but I couldn't tell you which one was the last one I watched. Um, but be aware, when this first came out, there was uh, some problems with the disc, and I did have to do a disc replacement program. So I uh, just you know got to keep that in mind. Be, I think it was on the international cut, actually, where the problem lied, but I could be wrong. Um I've mentioned this on the show in the past, uh, The Act of Killing, which is a documentary. This uh, includes two versions of the film, the theatrical and the director's cut. Director's cut is uh, like an extra 40 minutes. Don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's 122 for the theatrical versus 166 for the director's cut. Whoa. Which, honestly, with, with making, with documentary filmmaking, like, that is definitely, like, inherently like i feel like any documentary could have an extended director's cut like when you're just shooting footage and then you're kind of piecing your film together after the fact of of course there's going to be stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor so um i'm sure if there was more demand for it i think there'd be tons of documentaries doing this but not not too many documentaries actually get even get put on disc so yeah for real and last one, which you probably know more about the different cuts on this than I do, um, but I do love the franchise. I just don't know much about the different cuts. That is the Alien anthology, which uh, yeah, did you have that one uh, set aside? I, I had as well? it set aside, but I, I opted to not say anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you can go a lot into this one, but I was kind of looking at it. Uh, it looked like the first Alien. It listed it as a director's cut. While as the other ones say special edition, that's at least how they're listed in here. That sounds right, because the director's cut, I think mostly the change that I remember was uh, Tom Skerritt is seen like cocooned to a wall during the final act of the movie, like thereby like pointing to what the alien's actually doing as opposed to just like ripping people apart. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's really Scott, so like even if it's not a director's cut, I wouldn't be surprised if they just slapped that on there just because it's expected at this point. Yeah. And uh, special edition of Aliens, the major difference is just a, a few snippets of dialogue. Um, Bill Paxton going on a tirade about all the cool toys, all the cool weapons they have uh, before the drop. Um, some dialogue pointing to the existence of the alien queen, like more explicitly. Um, which is an interesting change. Like I, I kind of liked having that come out of left field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I think I actually prefer the theatrical cut of Aliens because the the sentry gun stuff did nothing for me, honestly. Especially because it's so readily apparent that they 
they only had so many alien costumes to blow up so it's like they're recycling footage of of that one alien suit blowing up just from like they're like punch they're not even changing the angle they're just like changing the zoom level on it and, <laughs> and it's just you're just watching numbers count down and hearing guns go off in a tunnel it's like as eh, yeah. i guess it heightens the tension and but the the major addition is the prologue with a uh, newt and her family discovering the aliens before they even get before the marines are even summoned um i actually really don't like having that there like i, I really hated that part um obviously they put a lot of love and care into it it's certainly filmed like it was meant to be there but uh, and then of course we all know david fincher doesn't he doesn't like to talk about alien 3 <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't consider that his own film even if his name is on it uh so i i think that would just be you're you're begging for a lawsuit if you call that a director's cut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, that was plenty, Brad. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you came prepared because, like, yeah. I, I know you were. I know you're claiming to not have a whole lot to work with. So I'm glad it was a, a nice surprise that you you had a lot more to to pull from than you expected. Yeah. No. And it was a real good topic, actually. I was I was surprised I had that many. Oh yeah. No. This has been a a lively discussion about a collection of cuts. Um, but before we go, Brad, uh, th- thank you so much for, for joining me, as always. Uh, it's always great to be able to bounce ideas off of you and whatnot. Um, thank you so much for reviewing uh, that Arrow uh, disc of Dune uh, prior to the theatrical release of Denis Villeneuve's uh, new version of that, because th- that was very timely, and it's a good review, bud. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It was, yeah. it was fun to do. Yeah, folks at home, if you're not aware, Brad does have a, a YouTube channel uh, in addition to the Cinema Speak podcast, um, and yeah, he he does a lot of disc reviews. Always good time. But um, but yeah, before we go, Brad, uh, you want to let the folks at know uh, folks at home know where they can find uh, your YouTube channel and your podcast. Yep. So uh, it's the Cinema Speak podcast. So uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify as Cinema Speak. You can uh, find us on YouTube as Cinema Speak as well. Uh, and Twitter at the Cinema Speak, and on Instagram Cinema Speak Podcast, and you can also find us online just at cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. All right, well said. Thanks so much, Brad. Um, but folks, uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other uh, catching up on cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, we also have a couple social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at catchinguponcinema, as well as a Twitter at catchingcinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those and the show is available on pretty much any podcasting platform you can imagine including cephalopod so fucking google it uh but that being said thank you so much for watching slash listening uh hopefully both and uh we'll catch you next time